This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are tuned in to the Vitamin D with Dawn Day podcast. And I am your host, Dawn Day, here to get you excited about your life so that you can live life on purpose and for a purpose. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Vitamin D, it's a pun of my name. My name is Dawn and you get vitamin D from the sun. So I'm here to shed light into your life. And I do this with inspirational insights and conversations with celebrities and everyday people like you and me. Because if you want to be better and you want to do better, then you're going to have to be able to see better. So join me on this journey of living our best lives and understanding and realizing how you are your greatest asset. Well, I might as well tell you, I'm really excited about um, Mr. Brian Henry coming in. I ran across him probably like when I first moved out to L.A., probably a year and a half after, maybe 2014, and I met him through his guest, him DJing, before I actually uh, spoke to him. And I was like, wow, I got to get to know this brother. Then I found out that his mother had transitioned transitioned from breast cancer. You know the same as my mother. And I was like, yo. Then I found out he was part of the community. And I'm like, oh, as a black brother from the East Coast? It's beautiful. And I know he's down with manifestation. So I am extremely excited uh, to have him here. And it's just a testament to say that you can manifest things. You got to believe in yourself and you got to stay focused. So, man, we, we going to have a lot to talk about. And I'm hoping this conversation is going to inspire you. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank, and, and thank you so much for being here and supporting me on my dreams. I appreciate you. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Got uh, Brian Henry in the studio with me. <laughs> yeah. Now let me tell you this. You heard me say this before he got in here that I met him probably like a year after I moved to LA. I met him at the, an event, uh, Nathan Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a Native Son event. I don't know if he had it then, but and I remember in Mill Wipperkin. It was at um, it was at Neue House, New House. Okay. Sunset. Okay. I remember that event. Yep. And I was with my friend, and his brother was on the turntables. I mean, he was hitting in the pocket like every single tra- like you don't all the time catch that. You know what I'm saying? And you know I'm a '90s girl, so he was getting the R&B, and I was like, "Who is this?" And then um, I even I introduced myself to you, mm-hmm. and then sometime after that, I became intrigued. I don't know if you told me then or you gave a shout out. But then I learned that your mother had transitioned with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And then that touched me because my mother had transitioned with breast cancer. I'm like, damn. Then um, time has went on. I run into you. Uh, years fast forward. So then I heard about you. And then I'm friends with Blue. Mm-hmm. And I saw you on her podcast. And I saw you being more vocal about being in the community. And I was like, who is this man? I need him. Then mm-hmm. fast forward. Well, we almost like 10 years. I saw you at uh, the Roosevelt you were DJing uh-huh. at the NAACP. Image Awards. Yes. Yes. They had me saying NAACP. Is uh, it NAACP? Uh, NAACP. It's funny. I was a uh, president of my collegiate chapter 
and one is undergrad. Uh, NAACP. Yeah, yeah. Because they were telling you, you gotta say NAACP, and I'm saying like, AA for a whole long, a long time. Right, right. It's all good. And I, I was, I was too shy to say anything. Why? If we were at coaching, I don't know because of being weird. So we were at coaching. I know why because people expect that with your ascension that you change, and some people do. And I think if you rise and you change the core of who you are, that that who you are that rise doesn't mm-hmm. it crashes. You know, so, that's true. And so people expect that when they see you in different positions that you're going to act different. And it's like, nah. Mm, part, part, part of that. And I was thinking it was late. I was like, he's probably tired. I didn't want to go through the whole thing. Like, oh my God. But I was like, yo, I enjoyed your set. So then I saw your yoga and I was like, I'm getting him. Mm-hmm. And you're here. Then we ran into each other outside the club. Mm-hmm. The that's when I, Chalet. And then yeah. Chalet was like, boom. And I was like, yes. And I was like, I knew I was going to meet this man. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to be on my podcast. <laughs> But I know, <laughs> yeah, so um, I gave a little bit, but how would you introduce or tell the people who you are? Um, I'm Brian Henry. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I love long walks in the park. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> nah, wind blowing through my locks. You know what I'm saying? No, I, um, I'm a musical maestro. I love music. Music is my heartbeat. You know, I, I think it's a, it's a function of my mission here on, on planet Earth to bring people to their highest awareness of who they are. You know what I mean? I love that. Because music, what is it? Vibration. It's actually, it's And we're all <laughs> spiritual we are, beings. Like, all and you vibrating us higher. Yeah, That's wow. the goal. You know what I mean? To relieve you from stress and the tension that you may experience in your day-to-day walk. And, you know, give you a sense of empowerment. Mm. You know what I mean? It's more than just, it's more than just partying. It's, it's really creating community and allowing us to be together and, and, and look to our left, look to our right and realize that we're not that different from one another. Wow. Because, yeah. you know, I guess if you think about partying or dancing, it's just like um, a smile. Yeah. Emotions. You can feel it. I don't have to know exactly what's in your mind or what you're listening to. Facts. I can feel you. Or you, or in other environments like where you may otherwise walk by the street and someone and may not say hello. Mm. When you're in an in a, in a environment where there's music going, you know, it's people that you would otherwise not speak to, you, you make eye contact, you smile, you connect. Because you both are on that wave, that frequency that the music is taking you to. I'm not even checking for guys right now, but you are so damn fine. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. This is why he talking to me like that. Like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm, just, I'm trying to focus what you're saying, and I'm kidding. I'm like, Dawn, listen. With your beautiful self as well. You know Thank you saying? so much. Um, now I'm up here. I got to get my... Th- you crazy. Wait, okay. So I love what you said. Did you know that you wanted to always be a DJ? Like, how did that come in a mix? I think I knew since I was like four or five how much I was in love with music, but it wasn't necessarily something that was encouraged or supported, so I fought against it. So know? then I got to ask you. Sure. When did you fall in love with music? When like, I fell in love with Sure. The first time I knew I was in love with music is actually when my dad popped my Janet Jackson control cassette tape back in the day, day, day. And I was the most evil little four or five year old walking around, arms folded, upset, mad, stumping around the house, just like looking at it, like was not giving my dad no attention. I was mad. And at that point, I think that's the that's the the earliest recollection I have in terms of like how much music meant to me. Like you popped my cassette tape and he did it. on It wasn't on purpose, (laughs) but but I was pissed as a kid, you know. So like, were you thinking like you were into singing? Nah, I never. I knew I could never sing. Okay. God, God knew what gifts to give me because I was singing. I'd be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get up there and just move the dance. It would be, yeah, you know. But I, I do believe I've been gifted with certain, certain, you know, prowess within music 
you know, mm-hmm. because I wouldn't abuse it. You know, mm. it's, it's again, it really is a gift to bring us together. Yeah, and, uh, and so you were always. If I could sing, I'd probably be singing draws off. But <laughs> thank Clean God up I can owl. sing. One, two, and three. <laughs> nah. But, so know. were you always DJing? Like, how did you? Did you? Because no. it's like an interesting path. Like, I don't know if people tell you how to be a DJ. They when don't you get out there. They don't at all. And uh, all I know for sure that you know. So I was like twelve, thirteen, and I would take my dad's stereo and plug it up to the television, like get the RCA cables. And I'm like recording uh, Donnie Simpson on BET, Video Soul, and like trying to make my own little mixtapes with listening to different, between between Video Soul and then Rap City. Like I would hear different stuff that I would, you know, and then, okay, I'm going to record it here. I'm going to pause it there. And then I'm going to pull this track. Oh, I don't like this video. Pause it. You know, like that's how my first like mixtapes, if you will. You know what I mean? Doing it like that. And then, you know, then fast forward when the Napster era, you download all right. oh bootleg, my bootleg and music. Why are you making it sound so old? Damn, we, stop. Listen, we're getting up there, you know what I mean? I, you know, I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. Hello, somebody. <laughs> somebody, hello. Um. And so, yeah, I used to make, I used to make little mixtapes on a computer. And so I asked my dad to like, yo, like, oh, I want to get some DJ equipment. And so he took me to like three, four pawn shops and we couldn't find it, find any, you know what I mean? He's like, it's okay. It don't matter because my son of mine will be no damn DJ anyway. Oh, what? And I was literally like 12, 13. I was crushed. I was like, <gasps> like literally crushed. And it took me years to understand why. And I don't even think he understand why he said that at the time. I mean, on his level, he looked at it from a standpoint like my son's going to college and he's going to do this and do, 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 What did do. he do? Uh, so he, he went into the military. You know what I mean? Oh, and so my parents had me super young. Yeah. They were 18. You know, my mom had me between her junior year and senior year of high school. And my dad had just finished high school. And so he went off to basic training while she was finishing school. And when she finished school, uh, they he he had finished his basic training and we we moved to Germany. And we, I was a military brat. Like I hopped all over the place. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think because he made such that big sacrifice to get us out of Baltimore at an early age, he didn't see the trajectory of me going into anything that was going to be potentially unstable. And his brother was a DJ. You know, my Uncle Robert was a DJ, big DJ in Baltimore. Uncle and, Rob! And he just, I, my, he didn't want me to go that path. You know what I'm saying? My uncle got in some trouble, completely unrelated to DJing, and he just didn't want me. I think that's what, at, that's what that's what it really was, but he could never really articulate that. Mm-hmm. You know? So then he was like, no, you can't be a DJ. And you were like, I'm gonna do it anyway. We're like, no, nah, I'm gonna do this. No, nah, I didn't. I, did, I, I didn't do it at all. Like, I didn't start DJing until like four years after college. Like, Wait, what? People, what? Yeah, what did you do? What did you study at college? I was an economics major. I was an economics major. I interned, worked on Wall Street. Come on, I left brain. Studied abroad in London. You know, studying economics. I was like, I was very much that on that straight and narrow path. Like, I had done a summer program at Harvard Business School. I was preparing to go to the path of going to business school and going to be doing, you know, in the world of finance. But I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. You know, and worked a corporate job. For after college and eventually they relocated me here to LA and I got to be around so many dynamic people who were pursuing their dreams and mm. who had different levels of education who some people didn't go to college but they were wildly successful because they were aligned with their gifts and that's what I got to learn about being in LA you know what I mean people look at it from the glitz and glam the things that you know you see on TV but it wasn't about that it was like I would see the people who were behind the scenes who were making the people in front of the camera, you know, look amazing. And I just saw different aspects of entertainment. And I'm like, well, if I'm making good money at this corporate job that I hate, 
you know, doing something that makes me miserable, right. then imagine if I put all of my energy into something I love. Come on. And so one day I peaced out. What? Yeah. He was like... I just peaced out. Yeah. I started practicing Buddhism and that's what shifted everything for me. You know, literally Buddhism, like, look, Tina Turner, Nam Yo Ho Renge Kyo, Nam Yo I ran to somebody at a party out here in LA on a rooftop with a honey collective party. Shout out to Monica Payne. Shout out to EQ. Shout out to Rashida, Shelly Oto, this collective of four beautiful, dynamic women of color here in Los Angeles who would host these parties. They were called the Honey Collective. And I went up to DJ EQ. <laughs> it's funny. She was like, I think I met DJ EQ. Uh-huh. She, I was like, yeah, I want to be DJ. She's like, you ain't going to be no DJ today. <laughs> and, I, and I thought she was rude at the moment. But as a DJ now, I get it because somebody come up to you talking about they want to be a DJ. It's like, what? I'm trying to spin these records. Get up, you know? But... It was, they were, she and the other lady, uh, Rashida and EQ were the, the, the DJs of the collective and Monica and Shelly were the host. And they, they just had their finger on the pulse of all things dynamic in the black cultural space here in Los Angeles. And it was the first parties I was introduced to out here. And I was like, yo, this is just such a vibe. And it's just that the combination of vibing with them on the weekends and then hating that corporate job throughout the week. And I met somebody at one of their parties and he said, brother, you're going through something. I'm like, you don't know me? What are you talking about? He's like, nah, you're going through something. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Same party like a month later. He said it again. I'm like, yeah, I'm going through something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he, uh, he said, yo, I want to tell you about this. And so he sent me a clip of Tina Turner talking on Larry King Live about Buddhism. And I picked the phone and me like, bro, I've been wanting to know about this my whole life because I didn't understand what it was. But I was like, whatever it was, it was powerful enough to get her away from Ike. Mm, right. And so I was just in a... Just, I was in a bad relationship, bad job, hating life. You know what I mean? I was just like, let me, well, let me just go to a meeting. And so what I learned is nam yo renge kyo means I devote myself to the mystic law of cause and effect through vibration and sound. When you devote yourself to the law, a law, it's a universal law. It's like gravity. You don't necessarily understand gravity, but you know that your feet are planted on this ground. You know, um, you know it's mystic because you can't see it. You know, you know, it's, it sometimes defies mental comprehension. But like, like I said, it's a universal law like anything else. It's law of, like a law of cause and effect. And when I learned that I am the cause and not the effect of things that happen to me, that means that I am a co-conspirator. Like I am, it's things that I'm doing, saying, thinking, ways of being that are contributing to the effects that are taking place in my life. Taking accountability. So it, that's exactly what it was. Like it taught me. It's a spiritual practice that taught me how to take accountability for the things that are going on and not just point the finger as to why things aren't this or that or that, you know? And so I got to see myself a lot more clearly and I realized hey, I was, you can't be what you cannot see. Yeah. And I realized I was choosing mm. to be a lesser version of myself because I was moving out of fear and the fear was what was keeping me in this corporate job every day. What does that mean? What does it mean to be moving in fear? Meaning that, you know, I knew that I was capable of more, but I was afraid of other people's opinions. I was afraid of being broke. I was afraid of falling on my face and embarrassing myself. I was afraid of, you know, things just not working out. But that's not faith. Faith and fear cannot exist on the same plane. And so I, was, I realized I was choosing that's I was choosing fear. And so I had to make a different choice. And when I made a different choice, funny, funny enough, I was chanting at the Buddhist Center, the SGI Center out here in Los Angeles. And I met Herbie Hancock. The Herbie Hancock? The Herbie Hancock. <laughs> what? He up there leading. He up there at 7.30 in the morning just chanting his behind off. And I was like, I got to talk to him. I got to talk to him. And 
you know, after the session was over, I, t- I briefly talked to him. I was just like, well, how did you in your era, you know, convince your parents or convince people around you that you needed to be a musician? And he told me a brief story, you know, how he was almost failing out of all his classes, but he got C's at the last minute of his studies, but he was putting so much focus onto, you know, like a symphony or orchestra or some type of musical group that he was with at the time. And he explained that at that moment, because he was able to successfully still graduate, that he told himself he would never deny himself again and that Ooh. he would pour all of his energy into his craft. He wasn't trying to be, he was like an electrical engineer major, something completely, you know, it just wasn't in the field of music per se. And he said, if you're serious about this young man, he'll take lessons. Every great musician from Quincy Jones to Beyonce to still to this day, they take lessons. You go take lessons. And that day I walked out of Buddhist center and, uh, called up Scratch DJ Academy here in Los Angeles and I signed up to DJ school. What? Yeah. So were you in DJ school as well as you were still working in corporate America or did you relinquish it? So that's a funny little story. Um, I took a a six week DJ course where we met once a week and then we had, uh, you know, you could come in and practice hours and and, and shout out to my professors, uh, DJ Hopper and Chuck from the Beat Junkies. You know what I mean? learned so much from both of them while I was taking those classes, but I took a six week course and then I quit my job. Did you have money saved? I had a little bit of money saved, not a lot, but, but I came in signing up for the next six week course. And I told them, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna be a full time DJ. I'm gonna be a celebrity DJ. They're like, okay, that's great. That's great. They're like, I said, yeah, I quit my job. They's like, what? I said, yeah, I quit my job. They're like, you did what? And they knew I was at a, at a corporate opportunity. So they literally stopped class and pulled me outside and like, you did what now? They said, no, 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 you don't understand. D- this is hard. Like, this is not a one, two, three, it's easy. Like, this, people take years and never amount to, uh, you know, the, you're saying you want to be a celebrity. A lot of people want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, you need to go back and ask for your job. You need, you need to spend more time in this than you just taking a, one class and thinking you're ready to be a DJ. I said, yeah, I heard you, but no, I already quit. It's too late. <laughs> I already put the two weeks in. It's done. I'm here. Let's go. And they looked at me like, yo, he is insane. But I think if I didn't go to that level of extreme, then I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, Mr. Harvey always says, you'll never know if your parachute will open unless you jump. Mm-hmm. And you'll never know if you can fly until you jump. Until you jump. So <clears throat> I want you to be real, real. Sure. Did it ever get low? Hell yeah. How low did it get? What low. did that know? Does it mean like, did you have a car when you're on a bus? Were you able to eat? How low were you? How really? Because I don't think people really understand nah, or really it. talk about it. They don't get it. Like I'm in a moment right now. I had a little moment. I, I took two buses to get here. Mm-hmm. It's damn near two hours. You should have called me. I, I could. Well, I scooped you. Right, but you know, it's just a testament of how far you gonna go. So for sure, how far are you going? How far did you go? How far? How how low did it go? How low did it go? I mean, there were moments when I had this gig and it paid three hundred dollars a week. My rent was a thousand. So so three hundred dollars a week. That's twelve hundred dollars for the month. My rent was a thousand, and I still had to pay for groceries. You didn't um, get your food stamps. I didn't even know I was eligible for food stamps then. So <laughs> anybody ain't tell me. You know what I mean? But I still for, for that extra two hundred dollars, one extra, I had to pay for gas, <laughs> for utilities, for you know food. Like that's how tight it got at certain moments. You know what I'm saying? Thank God, my friends. One one thing. <laughs> shout out my best friend. <laughs> One of my best friends, Shanita Castle, 
Castle's Caden, she is dynamic. You know what I mean? She's an incredible archer pro negro based here in Los Angeles. Um, she specializes in Creole cuisine. Mm, you, know well, you know I love to eat. And she's from New Orleans, so she don't play. She baby. out here, you said? She's out here. but she, Hey, baby. Hey. You want to come on? We can definitely have a, um, a taste <laughs> test. Come on. Get your vitamin D. Okay, we're back. But one thing she... <laughs> One thing she always says, as long as we owe each other money, we'll never be broke. <laughs> and I and I, I thought that was the craziest thing. But it, it what she means is like how we've been able to circulate money within our friendship circle when we respectively have have had our low financial moments. You know what I'm saying? She borrowed a thousand dollars. I borrowed fifteen hundred dollars. She give it back. She give it back. Next thing you know, you know, can I borrow it? You know. And, and that's how we've, in our low moments as fellow entrepreneurs, and I say, and that's why I say it's entrepreneurship, come because on. we do, as black people, we do things a little differently when we're going out to pursue our dreams. We don't come from trust funds and right. a lineage of folks who have, you know, oodles, and, oodles of money in the bank. So, hey, you can just invest. sit up here till you figure out what you're going to do. Here's your car. Here's your home. No. You can do this summer apprenticeship and this could be free. No, no, we don't come from that. So entrepreneurship means sometimes we need to borrow from our respective uh, friends and family within the community in order for our dreams to come to fruition. You know what I mean? So it got low in those moments, but it never got too crazy because I had my best friends around me who got it, who supported me through the journey. And you knew them from out here or from back home? We Back back in Atlanta, we went to college. Yes, she graduated from Spelman, oh. graduated from Morehouse. My other best friend, Tay, you know what I'm saying? He started out from Morris Brown and he's a, and then when Morris Brown shut down, he took a break off and then transferred to go to film school out here. So he actually led the pack coming out here. Now he's an incredible producer. Come he's on. produced everything from Normani's VMA performance last year to videos for Cardi B's Up, uh, Big Sean's I Don't With You, um, City Girls performances. Uh, oh, he Kendrick Lamar's like when when Kanye did the performance at the Hollywood Bowl. He's a producer for that. Like it, he's done so many incredible things. But again, he's another one who's been in the trenches. Y'all was in the trenches. In the trenches, absolutely. And that's why everybody think everything is sweet. You know, I mean, people are not shooting in the gym. You, you know, they see the the moments of the NAACP Image Awards or you on television or doing different things. And those are all great. But the thing, the moments I'm most fond of is when we have nothing. Because that's what you had to figure out your grid. That's when you really had to say, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Because it's easy to say, okay, that's not comfortable. And a lot of people, they try to be so comfortable. Mm -hmm. You want to be relaxed. It's like, that's not how it works. Mm -mm. You'll miss your blessing trying to be comfortable. Mm. My trainer, Latif, shout out to Latif with OM Training. He says magical things happen outside your comfort zone. It does. It shows you what you're made of. And it's like, yo, let's of. keep go getting uncomfortable. Like, it's not going to be great. Like, I be in the gym dying mm -hmm. when I walk out so. I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. So let's grow. So that had to be something. You were already stressed out about the fact of what you needed to do so much so that you said, let me, you know, check out the temple. Yeah. Then. You feel like you got your home. And then the brothers that's in there to teach you about your dream, to be like, open up the pearly gates. They're like, wait a minute, brother. Then you actually experience whatever. Those downs. <laughs> so then when, what, what happened when it started, you know, when it started going up? Um, I read something that said you have to make spiritual claims to money. You know what I mean? Money, just like anything else, is an energetic frequency. And if you always have a mindset that believes that if you have a, an impoverished mindset, then that was what shows up in your space. You know what I mean? And it, and we, it's the it's the little things that we do. I can't afford that. Oh, that's too much. Or I don't know how I'm gonna pay for that. It's those little things that we say that create our reality when it comes down to our relationship with finances. Um, 
you know, I, I put in work, you know, I put in work in terms of DJing backyard barbecues, you know what I'm saying? The quinceañeras, the, the high school proms, the weddings, the weddings, the weddings, your mama's 60th birthday party, 65th birthday party. I remember I drove all the way to the Bay, my first out of town gig. I was so happy. I drove all the way to the Bay from LA for 500 bucks. All my equipment stuffed in my two door silver 2001 Honda Accord. Come on. To DJ a 50th wedding anniversary. It's an amazingly beautiful couple from a uh, base here in Los Angeles. They, for some reason, decided to celebrate their, their, and they're in their 70s. So, you know, I'm playing Aretha Franklin. Come on. Chubby Checker. Do the twist. I'm playing like literally old school, not old school, old, old school music. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I really wanted it. Come you know on. what I'm saying? Um, putting putting in work in all those respective environments, you know, dealing with a few club promoters who don't want to pay you, all that other stuff. You then just get to a point where I just I just turned a corner and decided, like, I just want to do this at a different level. So I'm going I'm to I'm do it a little differently. You know what I mean? I'm going to dress a little differently. I'm going to stand up a little differently. Come on. I'm going to craft and curate an email just like this is a business. And so that was what I realized is, like, that's why I wasn't. I'm thankful even though I, I resented my pops in terms of him not encouraging me to pursue music at an earlier point, um, I'm thankful that I had a business acumen and structure that stepped in with me into the, the creative world because that is when the when the corner turned, when I was able to merge those two worlds together. You know what I mean? Got the extra polish. Mm-hmm. I, um, <clears throat> well, well, I guess we don't have to go back there because I remember I would see on Instagram... And I don't know if it was at your old apartment, but you, you used to DJ or something in yeah. there? You had the, the yeah. stairway, so that was dope. It's, I, so, it's so crazy because they just, they were tearing down that building last week. You gotta re, you should recreate that. With that space? Yeah, like at the next block party event. And that could be like a photo moment. It could. I mean, and we, those who know, know, we, you know? We, we used to do graffiti. So back to how, even how the block party got started, my boy Tay, he had a four car parking lot behind his building on the corner of Hauser and Venice in LA, Mid-City. That's right down the street from me. And the, and the beautiful thing about it, because it was on the corner, there was this big brick wall that kind of encapsulated the space and separated it from the main street. Uh-huh. And so we were back there one day, we were looking around, and so there was this, there was this venue that I wanted to host my birthday party at. It's like, yeah, you can come through. We'd love to have you. We know you bring a great crowd, but don't play no trap. I'm like, excuse me? They're like, yeah, you can play like more 89, you know, early 90s, hip-hop but don't play trap and i'm like i'm not even a trap dj you know what i'm saying but if i want to play some bands and make a dance back then i'm like hey. that's a problem they're like yeah no we don't want that so i'm like y'all want my money <laughs> you want the money actually that my that you want my people you want the money we're gonna drink bring in here but you don't want us and some of us is trap and so i'm like nah you know i'm not i'm, I'm not having that you know what i mean and so inst- instead of doing it with that particular venue we decided to host a party behind my boy's building. And that's how the block party was formed. Behan's block party. It was called Behan's block party because it was my birthday. What? Yeah. And so it started back there in his crib and then it just, it, it just grew from there. Okay. So we about to, we about to come back real quick because we're going to talk about Behan's block party. Um, Cause a lot of people say like, you going to get gay, straight, everybody partying at once, just having a good time and everyone in between. And a lot of spaces, you don't get that. Right. And I can imagine it's a testament just to your journey as far as being an army brat. You've you've seen so many cultures. You've been exposed. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a chameleon. Put me in a room and I, I'll be there. For sure. So.
All right, y'all. You know, I got Brian Henry in here. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about how... Um, his involvement with the LGBTQIA plus community, as well as we're going to talk about some white colonialism sure. and the effects of it. All sure. right, y'all. We'll be right back. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have hardwired inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Anthony Hamilton. It's And you're listening to Vitamin D with Dawn Day. Okay, listen. I told you we were coming back. Yeah, I told you. <laughs> I told you I had Mr. Brian Henry in the studio with me. Um, we had a conversation. He said, "Can I tell him what you said to me?" Sure. You sure? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no. We we going we going we going to keep that between you and I for the, okay, for the okay, time. Okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so we left off. You were talking about how you started with the block party. Sure. And you said it was a matter of creating your own lane, creating your own space. Yeah. So then after the venue was like, no, y'all went to your, you said your boy's backyard? Yeah. Well, his, his, he had a parking lot behind his building. They didn't have no yard. It was all asphalt. And then, so then what happened? That was it. So, so no, we just grew it. Started out 250. Then next year, 350, 400. It just kept growing. And we would always go to the police station. And they were like, listen, you're on private property. You do what you want to. You're good as long as nobody complain. And I think the fourth year we did it, or the fourth time we did it, um, LAPD sent a helicopter. <laughs> what? At that point, we had reached like 500 plus people behind behind the building and we were at capacity and every, all the neighbors were cool because they'd be doing these loud Kensingeras in the neighborhood but it was this one new neighbor who was yeah. not with it. Always like, that one person. cabaret back there, the legal cabaret. And uh, he called the police on us and the helicopter, they sent a chopper and that chopper flew across around that party and beam that light down, you know what I mean? And it was the, the blessing of the, the part. It was like 147, 145. And so it was a perfect time to end the party. And I'm like, man, 
one that's that's a way to end the party. Right, that's kind of fire. It was kind of fire. Like I thought, oh, it was cool. Had no idea that that took it to a next level. The next time we did it, we doubled in size. Are you serious? Yes, more than double. We had twelve hundred plus people at the next event, from five hundred something to like twelve hundred something, and it was like it was crazy. It was crazy. It's all the way to the point now. Our, our most recent event in L.A., we had twenty five hundred guests. You know, Boy! and even and even that, and I like, saw them sponsors up on even, there, the even, little bars. Even that was a was an increase of seven hundred people from the last year we did it, and I'm like, it continues to grow, and that's I think it's a test testament to. The experience we provide. You yeah, know what because saying? what you say, you say nobody's VIP because we're all VIP. We're, we're no, one, no one is VIP because we're all VIP. I tell people, look to your left, look to your right. It's just like church. Say hello to your neighbor. Straight, gay, black, green, blue, lesbian, transgender. We don't we don't care, honestly. We want you to come as yourself. But we, and it's not that we don't care if that's a part of your identity. We don't care because- It's not a determining factor. It's not a determining factor of us having a good time. Of us having a good time. We're going to have a good time because- we came here to enjoy the music. We tell all the DJs who we're blessed to hear play, do not come over here and give us the same old soundtrack. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no swag surfing allowed at the block party. Ain't no swag surfing. Uh-uh. <laughs> we, we, we love a nuck if you buck, but you can do that at home. Before I let go, we've already let go. And those are all amazing songs. <laughs> we're not holding songs. on anymore. We are not holding on. You know what I mean? Like Those are all amazing songs for our community, but we hear them at every single event. So I tell them, dig in your bag. Give me that Catronata mix with Marvin Gaye with a splash of you know Marvin Sapp up in there. You know what I mean? Like Give us something that you would listen to if you were at home and Questlove said, give me what you, give me your... Give me your soul. Give me your soul. Give me something. I I was going to say, mm-hmm. let me just stop. Give me something. <laughs> you fit. Let me just, <laughs> let me just stop right there. Um, That's dope as hell. And I think that was something because I think I've been to two of your block parties. I went to the one last year mm-hmm. and then before that may have been a couple years ago. Okay. Oh, no, no. The year park. Because how many years has it been? You said seven? We've been doing this since 2014. And the year so we missed was 2020, the, the pandemic year. Also seven years. I was right. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Wow. Come on, holler. What are you? Um, one thing that I, I I think that that really stood out to me is because I love the diversity with the crowd. It was like everybody getting everything on, mm-hmm. and that whole thing. It's like not being divert, divisive, yes. divisive. And I feel like one thing that you said that was so interesting is you talked about um, showing up as yourself. Yes. Like, what does that mean, especially now? I think, you know, my experience when I, I learned that going out into nightlife spaces is intimidating to a lot of people. You know, women feel like, OK, I got to have a certain heel on or my dress has to be a certain fit. Guys feel like I have to spend thousands of dollars on bottle service. And that's whack. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they, it creates an environment of a have and a have nots in nightlife scene. And I thought that was just in L.A., but I've learned this in major cities across the country. And to me, if it separates us then it's not love. You know what Mm. I'm saying? Music is love. Music conjoins. Music brings us together. So we created a space where there's no sections, there's no VIP, there's no guest list. You know what I mean? We did away with all the things that give a hierarchy of separation within nightlife experiences. And we, we love doing it outdoors. There's something about the freedom of having the stars that you can look up at, the moon you can look up at, while also hearing music that just sets your soul on fire. And... Mm. Release your wiggle, you know what I mean? Right, come on. 
Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if you've caught uh, Mr. Ryan Henry on uh, Instagram or social media, you know he gets it down. Do. Throws it down. And the fits be so damn fly. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, you said getting the wiggles out. I can only imagine that release that people feel. Mm-hmm. That release of joy, that peace, and what it does mentally. Yes. How would you say, because I really feel like our gifts, our passion, are essentially to feed ourselves. Like, I'm always here to inspire. Mm. Uh, like, that's my thing. But not like I don't love you and like I'm not trying to inspire you. But I'm speaking to myself. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I feel like I can give to my overflow so it flows to somewhere else. Can you tell me how your music, mm. how you DJing feeds you? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a <clears throat> beautiful question because... When I was trying to get put on, or I was trying to get on, if you will, in the earlier stages of my career, they were like, you got to play Top 40. And Top 40 was just cold for, like, play music that's appealing to the ears of Caucasian people. Mm. And, you know, it's, I, I love all music, you know what I'm saying? You know, I love music from all genres. But, you know, I was showing up in a way with my gift that wasn't serving me. So I don't think it was of really any value to anyone else. It's not until I stepped away and was like you know what is what makes me dance what makes me feel good like what music and 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 that's kind of my rubric or my like barometer when i'm preparing a set if i'm dancing to it at the crib oh shit, i know you're gonna have a good time <laughs> because to your point it's feeding me first mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? it's putting my air mask on for first before i can you know put the mask on someone else and it's almost like you have to recognize your feeling mm-hmm. i was just saying the other day i was on my bike on my way to my trainer yeah. <clears throat> And I was, I was just, you know, giggling to myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm falling in love with myself. Mm. I never, um, I never thought about it. Mm. I, I, I mean, people say love yourself, but never really like, like, what does that really mean? Mm. And I'm writing, I'm like, well, what does that really look like, Dawn? Yeah. And what it looks like to me is about the boundaries that I'm setting. Mm. And mm. I noticed I was loving on me because I was geeking on myself. You know, like you crushing on somebody mm. and you start playing back the things they said, like, oh, that was cute. And, and just the things that I'm saying and how I'm showing up, I was like, oh, that was fly. Oh, that's dope. Just replaying. And I was you, like, you was geeking on yourself. I was geeking the, the, on my the things damn. That you were telling yourself. And, you know, it just came to a realization of just when you think about how to connect with somebody and how to recognize it when you see it is that you have to show up as that. Yeah. So you saying like, yo, me playing my music in my home and if I'm dancing, it's going to feed somebody else. I'm so grateful that you made space for yourself because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people make space. And I still have, I still have challenges with that. I, I'm, I ain't going to front, you know what I mean? Because the busier you get, the more there's demands on my time, you know what I mean? Um, or, you know, it's, it becomes more challenging to carve out to, for those boundaries to stay in place. You know what I'm saying? Because I love people. I'm a, I'm the most extra extrovert. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I genuinely am recharged when it comes down to being with my people. You know what I mean? But I also, you know, I'm a cancer. I do like to go back into my You're a cancer? All day long. Yeah. I'm, I, you know oh, I mean? so you just be feeling. I do feel. I mean, but I've learned that my feelings are a superpower. That's that part. In, in the sense that, like, I don't, I, I, I listen to more how I feel now than just simply words. Because words were created in the human evolution to express how we feel. But so often we use our words for any and everything but at this point. You know, you know how somebody say something? What is like, you doing right now? <laughs> Shit. My brain. Go ahead. Say that again. Words were, and, and during our evolution as human beings, words were created. Language was created 
for us to express how we feel. But so often we use words for any and everything else but to express how we feel. Mm -hmm. So I've learned, you know, to tap into more how I feel as as my barometer. Like, where do I go left? Do I go right? I heard you say something. You know what I mean? That third eye get open like, okay, you know. And that's not to say that I'm I'm out here looking for anyone with malicious intent. I just I've learned to and it's been a journey, but I've learned to trust myself. Oh. Yeah. It's been a journey. <laughs> oh, mic drop? That was a mic drop moment? <laughs> because there's so much weight with that. Mm -hmm. Because that's moving in confidence. That's trusting each process. That's taking a chance on yourself. That's believing yourself. That's allowing yourself to be vulnerable. That's everything that you are. And if you aren't who you say you are, then who are you? Right. Trying to be somebody else, but everybody else is already taken. So how does it make you feel being a DJ, mm -hmm. having your parties all inclusive, mm -hmm. and people always want to label you as the king of the LGBTQ plus community? No. Is that, was that a lot of weight? That's a lot they, of damn pressure. I don't think they labeled me of that because that's not, that would be inaccurate. You know, Come on, anything, talk about if it. If anything, label me as someone who loves Come everybody, on. which I do. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that ain't even no crunchy, crunchy, feel good type of thing. Like I genuinely, like I said, because I'm such an extroverted personality, I love all people. My dad, being in the military, gave me exposures to different cultures at a very early age. Just living in Germany for three years, Hawaii for three years, you know, different parts of the of the country. It taught me that at the end of the day, everybody bleeds red and everybody wants love. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why it's important for me as it relates to this, this access to music to make sure that music is speaking to all people. You know what I mean? And so the events that I host and my, my team hosts, it is welcoming, like I said, to, to straight people, folks with an LGBT community, black people, white people, Asian, Pacific Islander, you know, Hispanic, Latino. It's welcoming to all people. As long as you come in and expect to get fed and you're going to, you know, dance, then that's what, that's what it's all about. And so I've heard you say the association of being a community of healers. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? So that, that does go back to the LGBTQ space. Oh, okay. um, you know, <clears throat> what it I, <laughs> you want you want to you want to ask the good question. <laughs> Vitamin D, we shouldn't lie. The good question. Now, listen, I didn't ask him the question. I'm doing my job. Now, let's see if he's going to answer. Oh, go, go ahead. <laughs> no, ask, go ahead. Ask it again. <laughs> ask it again for me. I just want the people, I just want to sure. be just talking. And I think it's real. It's mm -hmm. just real. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. It's real. I want to know. Damn it, I want to know. So what I've come to learn, you know, shout out to Bishop Yvette Flunder, you know. Who's that? Out of City of Refuge Church in the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. She's a lesbian uh, pastor, minister, someone who is, you know, within the spiritual realm of, of, of healing. So I did a cruise a few years ago and she had a session on the cruise where she was just talking about the LGBT community and it's black LGBT community and the historical value of it and how, where we are and how we stand today and how black folks look at, you know, gay folks now versus historically how gay folks were viewed. You know? Tell me. And she explained that colonialism is what messed up this perception you know I mean she's like what does the word gay mean it means happy it means at the root of it, it means happy you know what I mean she's you know and when white folks were coming into our country our country <laughs> coming coming to Africa you know what I'm saying they were looking the colonizers coming into and saying like well who is this person of power 
who is the highest regarded in this community? It tended to be someone who had a very eccentric look, you know what I mean? Who t- might have a bone in their nose, might have makeup on, might have all these, these feathers and this and this and that and that, you know what I mean? And that person tended to be someone who was lesbian, gay, transgender, what have you, you know what I mean? Some, someone within that realm. But in our community, in our culture, with, within our tribes, that person was well-regarded. This is the person that you... Are you serious? I'm serious as a heart attack. This is the person who was the seer, the healer, the sayer. This is the person who you would bring your child to to bless your child upon birth. This is the person that if you were depressed within the community, you go to this person, they will help give you a healing. This person was the medicine doctor. This person has so many respective roles within the community and they was held to a high esteem. But just like anything else, you know, with, within our community and how we view ourselves, that was something that became demonic. Because they were they were looking to strip us of our power. You know what I'm saying? I heard Dr. David Johns. He said he doesn't like to use the word gay. He prefers same gender loving. Yeah. And it makes sense. Okay, I just wanted to insert that. You know what I'm saying? Because if you, if you okay, where can I, where can I rip your power from? I'm, I'm going to demonize this particular person within the community. You know what I'm saying? Just like we were stripped of, of our spiritual practices and everything, you know, we everything then became Christianity, Christianity, right. Christianity. Well, what were our spiritual practices prior right. to Christianity? And that's no disrespect to anyone who's no, a Christian. Yeah. You know I'm, you're talking my language right now. You know, now. there's completely no disrespect. You know, there's, there's a, I simply believe there's a myriad of different ways for you to align spiritually, for you to fall into a space of alignment. The scripture says it goes by many names, it, but it, you're trying to define it. It don't even make sense. Exactly. So you, 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 you take that to the next level. In which when we when we were put on slave ships and we were, you know, then put, taken over in, in, into different parts of, you know, the Caribbean and, and, and the Americas. And in order to make sure that black men stayed in line, you know, what I mean, they had a process called breaking the buck. And what they would do is shackle us up in the public square, you know, and 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 literally rape you in public. You know, what I mean, the master, the, the white master raping this black man to to sodomizing him in order to make him strip his power. to strip him of his power and doing so in front of his wife, his kids, et cetera, et cetera. So, so much of the perception that gay is evil or that it's wrong is all those other things is because it, the way that it was in, it was demonstrated, it was put on display correct, and used as a sense of control was, or isolation. It was, it was, it was inflicted upon us in a sense of trauma, you know what I mean? And it's something that's still within the black community is still something that we are healing from, you know what I mean? So when you understand the historical context of it, it puts a different spin on it. You know what I mean? Like black men, black women, no one chooses to wake up the day and say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the butt end of a joke. What? I'm going to feel less than today. I'm going to allow people to think less of me because of my sexuality. I'm no going to choose this and everybody's going to treat me bad and curse me out and beat me. I'm going to get my ass beat every day because I want to choose that. Come no on. one chooses that. You know what I mean? Just like you don't choose the color of your eyes, just like you don't choose any characteristic within how you show up. You know what I'm saying? But again, there's just a lot of there's a lot of room for the ignorance to be diminished within our community. And my goal is to simply speak on it. <laughs> but then also Why you say it like that? Because a lot of Why you say speak on it like that? Because for a lot of us are afraid to speak on it or a lot of us aren't aware of what the roots of it and, and why 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 black folks as a whole are just somewhat uncomfortable with the conversation why you feel like we're uncomfortable and you're afraid to speak on it because because you because we've been told for so many years that you know if you aren't straight you're going to hell so who would ever want to put themselves in that box yeah 
Who wants to put themselves in a box? Why would anyone choose that? So how you did you hear about the um, Don't Say Gay Bill? Yeah, down in Florida. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's just like, you know, it's just like the right for women to choose being removed from our country. There's certain things that are just going in reverse. But I think that's why it's more important that we be vocal about it so that every human has equal rights, period. You know what I'm saying? And it's so interesting. Like People are talking about, oh, representation, I want to be seen. I want my child to be recognized. <clears throat> but you have a child that identifies with something and they can't even see it. They can't even recognize it. Like, and I, I'm understanding now as I'm embracing my sexuality more, as I'm working on how I want to show up, yeah. how important it is for the community. Yeah. I can feel the breath leaving out of my lungs right now, <laughs> but <laughs> I got to do it because if God is going to put it on me or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. here it is. But I'm just reali- not realizing, I, I didn't realize until I was talking to some friends and I was talking about me being in eighth grade and how I was embarrassed to dance with my girlfriend. Mm. And I had to watch her dance with some other guy. And I didn't even, I'm just regurgitating the story. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, the next thing I know, I'm getting all emotional and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, you don't even realize like somebody that you can love and care about whatever love was that in eighth grade. It probably was everything. I mean, I get it. But that restriction. Yeah. And then we wonder why people have stress, why they're anxious and have the anxiety and, and, and all of this stuff. Anytime you're being less than yourself, you know, your soul is like crumbling on the inside. You know what I'm saying? And the goal, I think, here, while we're here on this earth, is to understand what our mission is and to let that soul glow, like for real. But you can't do so if you're under the thumb of any type of oppression. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, And it's just to cover up. And that's like with vitamin D, it's like, okay, how are we going to shed the light? Yeah, you need the light. You need that vitamin D. Come on. You need that sunlight. Come on. And, and understanding that with the light, it's going to shed on the good and the bad because if we want to be better, and we want to do better, we have to be able to see better. Whether it's seeing going through meditation, whether it's going out to a party and connecting with people at the Be Him block party, we just got to get to the point of what you said, how you started out, making the space. Yeah. Making the space for people to show up. Yeah. So it's really appreciative. I'm glad we did talk because I didn't even know that. It's all love. I mean, that. I mean, it blew my mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, the nerve of going- me to think less of myself because of some colonizer and what they did to my people. And how that has been, tr- tr- you know, the trauma of that and how that's been passed on. The nerve of me. Like, I can't fulfill my mission on this earth if I'm worrying about who thinks I'm less than because of how I was born. And here's the thing. <laughs> I've been telling, um, I realized, like, my, my dream is on the line right now. Like, I, I, sure. I left my job. Yeah. I was the digital content producer for the Steve Harvey Morning Show. And I left my job there. But thank God, you know, the way God shows, I'm still coming to the same building. Yeah. And what I've realized is that I'm like, okay, getting more comfortable with my podcast, making sure I'm sharing. It's like, I know what God promised me. Mm-hmm. I know I wouldn't have this vision. I have, sometimes I'll be thinking like, why is all of this on me? Like, why do I feel like I got to risk everything? Mm-hmm. Because if I try to be what I say is normal of doing something that goes with the crowd, I don't know what's, what it'd be worse. Right. You know what I'm saying? Say if I had to go this far on my dream and I'm on the street, God, I'm I'm not trying to speak that. Oh, Heavenly Father, no. But what I'm saying is, is that whatever the angst could be in it, but just like you said, when I was created, everything, every piece was such as that. Mm-hmm. And if I have these desires as bad as I knowingly want, I'm gonna have to show up as dawn. It's it's not, oh, here's a leg or here's the piece. No, all of this work together. Absolutely. Um, so for the fact that you're creating the space and you say the community of healers, God, dog, thank you. And that's, the, and that's the value that I want more of us to be aware of. You know what I'm saying? Like there's an intrinsic value in just who you are, period. 
And again, I think that's part of our mission to identify what that is. But in order for us to do so, we have to remove, you know, representation matters and we have to remove ourselves from spaces that aren't safe or aren't, or aren't welcoming or, or try to treat us as less than. And if we, and once we remove ourselves, we have to create that. Yeah. And that's where the Be Here Block Party comes in. Yeah. Now, another thing I saw on social media and I was like, I just got to give a shout out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about how you manifested and yeah. you DJed at Coachella. Mm-hmm. Juvon. Mm-hmm. I met him when I first moved out. I met him with a uh, billionaire PA. Right, who used to be my neighbor. Shut the front door. You, he was right. We were. You Wait a minute. Hold on. So you, you stayed off of Dunn's mirror? Yes. I told Shut. you I used to live in Mid-City. Yeah. Yeah. I was upstairs. I was upstairs. You were not upstairs. I was in, in that building. same building. Really? Okay. So with the, my. With the. Uh, Rob. Trevor is the, uh, the, the, the older guy. It's Trevor's the, the younger guy, and then his dad. I think Trevor Junior. Well, but, these are the owners. Yeah. Oh, I no. Okay, I didn't know them specifically, but billionaires' room. I stayed in there wow. after that. After when he left out of there, and that's how I knew him. And I would go to his. You know, he had a little house, and I yeah. even saw him build out his wow. thing. And then Juvon and I were connected a moment. Then when I saw you on on Instagram. And you were talking about the story of these bracelets, and uh-huh. I don't want to say it. I want you to say oh, it. Sure. How Coachella happened. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. That's the crazy thing about it. So that's another thing I've learned about being just in alignment is that you can't worry about when something's going to show up. Like, oftentimes the things that we want escape us because we are not of the same vibrational frequency of the thing. You have to, you have to, you have to embody it. You have to be it. You can't just want it. You have to be it, you know what I'm saying? And I and I have remind myself that even now for the next stages of things that I want, you know, I have to be it, you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> I was trying to take a different approach to being it then. So went to Coachella for the first time in 2014 and I was just enamored with it, you know what I'm saying? You know, Pharrell put on an amazing performance. Pharrell should give a tutorial, 
to people on how to put on a performance when it comes down to no skips, seamless energy, bop, 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 bop. Like, he's incredible with that. But obviously, he's a producer. Um, Outcast is performing. And so I, the Coachella band was on my wrist. And I, and I made a, like a, like a promise to myself. I was like, I'm not, cutting these Coachella, I'm not cutting this Coachella band off until I perform at Coachella. Right? Cool. Year one, go. Year two, go. Year three, go. Year four, go. Year five. I had five years of bands on my wrist. Oh, your arm was funky? My I'm just joking. Was funky because I'll be washing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just my joking. My hygiene is, is Mr. Just... Clean. No, but um, that's the crazy thing about it. I would wash these cloth bands on my wrist as if they were a part of my body. And people were asking, like, them things don't sting, them things don't I'm like, no. Just like you get in the shower, you woo-woo-woo. I'm in there washing it. <laughs> And they represent like an omen of sorts. And I was like, I'm going to wear these until I perform at the festival. And I was beginning to get really frustrated with myself. Like, why aren't you there yet? It's four years. It's five years now. Like, why haven't you performed? Even with the Afropunk, adding an Afropunk uh, band on there. And Javon, I think, was in Bali at the time. And somehow we, we were just super hella late here, but it's early there. And we got on the phone and we were talking about it. And I was just like, I think there's something, um, I think this is, there's something going on with me wearing these. He was like, of course. He said, because you're attached. Anything that you want, you have to, you, you have to detach from it. You can't be so attached. You have to be it, but you can't be attached. Like love, right? Okay. Oh, listen. We're not going to go there. Stay right right here. Stay right here. (laughs) Um, And he said, although it's light on your wrists, Mm. the weight of those bands will increase the weight in time before this manifests. Juvon, like, you better. And it was like, it was literally like, what did he just say to me? That's a bomb moment. And I go from five years, people making jokes, people asking me, people even year one when I had it on, I met, um, I met Three Stacks. I met Three Stacks at the Hollywood Bowl. And I came up to, I came up to Andre 3000. I was walking by him and I was so excited. I turned around and I punched him. You I was like, yo, and I just like, I said, oh, 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 my bad, my bad, bro, my bad, my bad. He's like, yo, I said, oh, my bad, I, you don't, like, Andre's my favorite artist. I did yoga period. with him. Did you? Yeah, he gonna introduce himself, but I know who you are. Right, he is my favorite artist. When people ask you, like, when you fall in love with hip-hop, or when you fall in, I fell in love with hip-hop on, on, on AT Aliens, their second album. You know what I'm saying? Wheels are still, you know what I mean? Like, this so this uh, that whole album. Anyway, I said, bro, can I get a picture? He's like, yes and no. I'm like, what do you mean? Like a true Gemini. Yes and no. He said, no, because if I give you a picture, everyone's gonna see it and everybody's gonna be swarming to get a photo. Yes, because if you find me at the show, I'll take a picture with you. I was like, all right, cool. So I found him after the show, behind back back of stage, figured it out. And um it was Janelle Monet's performance. Actually, she was she was performing at the bowl. Not sure if I'm sure if she was performing with someone else. I'm, I don't remember, but we had backstage because it was Janelle performing, and I ran up to him again. Didn't punch him this time, <laughs> and like, bro, you don't understand. You my favorite artist. I said, I'm so thankful you and Big Boy got to get back together, and y'all performed at Coachella. I've been wearing this Coachella band. He said, Nigga, what? You been doing what? Hey man, you see this man? He didn't been wearing this band since. Oh man, you cool with me, man? I can't believe this. You see, got this band on. I said, no, you understand? Like you've inspired me. Like I want to perform at Coachella, like you did. I'm gonna wear this until he's like, yo, you crazy? You definitely getting this picture? And we took a photo. You know what I'm saying? But fast forward five, six years later, I'm still not performing at Coachella. 
And so the moment I had a conversation with Javon, I cut them off that night. You know what I mean? I cut them off because I realized I was too attached. You know, you have to release anything that you want. You have to release and give it time to manifest. And it's not about the thing that you get, the thing that you want, the thing that you want. I want this. I want that. I want to be there. It's about who you become on the journey toward that thing. Because these moments are fleeting. You know what I'm saying? You on that stage is an hour. You you with these these celebrities, they're not my friends. You know what I'm saying? They are clients. They are people I'm blessed to perform for or with. You know what I mean? And then that's it. The moment's done. But it's like, who who did you become en route to that moment? Were you more kind? Were you more compassionate? Were you more giving? You know what I'm saying? And And to yourself first before other people and then to other people. You know what I mean? And so... I think that's what happened. Like I, I started being nicer to myself. Mm. I stopped beating myself up as much. I allowed myself to show up as Brian and play the music that Brian wants to hear. I stopped trying to people please all the time. I stopped being concerned about what people thought and if they, if you like me and all these other things. And that's what happened between me cutting those bands off and then fast forward, getting a call like, you want to perform at the festival? I'm like, what do you mean? Weekend too. We got the stage. You want and the crazy thing about it, how that even came about, I called to get someone else a job. It was this incredible, incredible guy, Juice. He did all of our visuals at the Behan Block Party in 2021. And what made that block party so dynamic is that we were only three days from Governor, Ga- uh, Governor Gavin Newsom allowing us to even have parties. Wow. He like said it was okay to have parties on the 15th. We had the block party on the 18th. But crazy thing about it, again, just following my spirit, I knew it was going to happen. And I knew it was going to happen around Juneteenth weekend. So we had been planning for months. But we got the green light on the 15th and had the party on the 18th. And it was perfect. But at any rate, um, he, the Juice was doing all the visuals on the screen, the LED boards, woo, woo, woo. And so we called him this year asking him, like, yo, you did such an incredible job. What would it look like for you to to do this again? Like, sure, I would love to. Like, you know, da da da. Oh, by the way, you wanna you wanna play? You, what you doing weekend two of Coachella? I'm like, I'm not even going to Coachella this year. It's the first year I wasn't going because I was so over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You wanna play? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I run the stage. I've been running the stage at Coachella for the last ten years. What? What? And you just now saying something? He said, I saw what you did at your block party. I know you'd be great on that stage. What? And that just it just blew my mind because you don't, it's inconspicuous ways in which things manifest. We think things are linear. We think if I do A, then I do B, then it's going to equal C. No, it doesn't happen that way. You know what I'm saying? And I'm so busy wanting to be on Coachella stage, not understanding that it was more important for to create value on the block party stage for my community. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I learned from that. Like, you, you want to you wanna go be so so up here well you need to be you need to be grounded you need to be right here with your people so that's how that's how Coachella manifested I just before you got here somebody came in the studio <clears throat> they were like wow you know gave me compliments because I've been working out a lot released a lot of weight release and, your wiggle yeah right <laughs> release the jiggle <laughs> but he came in he was like oh wow he was like, um, he, fast forward, basically the same thing you said. He said, well, I'm surprised they ain't got you doing more. What you mean? And I, I made space to receive because I don't, you know. And I said, well, because I said, Dawn, don't let the ego respond. 
I said, well, I'm here. I got vitamin D. I said, this is my own thing. He said, well, what I mean by that is on FM. I said, what's well, building? I'm trusting the process. Absolutely. Because it's that same thing. We talk about saving ourselves so that it can flourish in an overflow. Because now that I got this platform to do this, this is open the door so that you see what I do. Absolutely. But you have to show up for yourself. You got to show up for yourself. And it's confidence in knowing. And then what I heard stellar above it all is that your blessing came for giving to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A prime example of like we talk about lifting while we climb. Yeah. That's exactly, and I and I and that is like it was just it just blew my mind, you know what I mean? Like, and so Juice is flying with us to New York in two weeks to do all the visuals for the block party as we make our debut in Brooklyn. Wow, man! And so that's where things are just like wow, you know, you just don't know where your blessing is going to come from, you know what I mean? So if you had to give somebody some advice on manifestation or awaiting blessings, what would you say? Either or both. Be kind to yourself, and just continue to energy into what that thing is be mindful of your thoughts thoughts are things you know what i mean uh do your best to to reprogram yourself beyond your limitations mm. yeah and 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 be patient because uh, i'm very much in a, in a in a harvest season right now you know I'm, I'm i'm preparing we're taking the block party to new york for the first time ah! but a week before that i'm blessed to spend at afropunk you know what i mean and I, I, I went I went to Afropunk back in 2018, got a skateboard. The skateboard is on my wall. It, it kind of the same thing. I was like, I'm, I'm going to play Afropunk one day. I'm going to play Afropunk one day. That was one of the braces you had. It was one of the braces, too. Didn't know how it was going to happen. But same thing. It was it was I, those 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 creators of the festival saw what I was doing out here. Saw what the team was doing. It ain't just me. It's the team. Like, it's the Shout team out to the team. Shout out to Lulit. Shout out to Davon. Shout out to Nadia, Malachi, Lamar, Felicia. Melissa, it's a team. You know what I'm saying? It is it is definitely a team. But what makes us dope is that everyone is in their own bag. Everyone is in their lane. Get in your bag, stay in your and, bag. And they're adding their respective gifts to this melting pot that we have. That's the block party. Mm-hmm. And that lets you know, like, you're not in competition with anybody. You're not mm-hmm. competing. It's like, you're giving what you're giving. That's the same thing I tell Jeremiah as we're building this. I was like, I want to make sure that you get something out of this. For sure. I want to sure you're growing because I'm not the only one that's feeding or eating. Like, we're in this together. Yeah. Yeah, man. So how do you make sure your your soul is fed? <clears throat> how do you make sure you get your vitamin D? Mm. I'm learning now to uh, see myself in a different way of, like I said before, making space. Mm-hmm. And staying uh, 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 disciplined. But yeah. me working out, like that means the world to me. Yeah. Uh, because I feel like that's a, another way that I'm loving myself so uncomfortably, but I'm transforming. Mm-hmm. And I find that it's happening with a renewed mind. Also, uh, I went through a period of a lot of pruning. Okay. Oh. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> just things got to let go. And I am, I talked about boundaries. Uh, one thing that I have really taken a stance, and I'm like, I'm about damn proud of you, doing The non-negotiable when it comes down to communication. Okay. What does that look like? Being honest. And what that means, authentic. Okay. Of whatever it is that you feel. And giving me space so that I can show up authentically as well. Because it's like, why are we lying? What are we fronting for? Mm-hmm. Whether if it's a friend, an intimate relationship, an opportunity, let's be transparent to communicate. I don't have to take anything from you. I'm not trying to take anything from you, but I know that's what gives me peace. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremiah said, we got to go. Because we can talk all day. I know. Well, hold on. Let me just get this Vita check. 
<laughs> He's a hard out. Okay. So I want to tell you something. So this is the Vita Chest. And in this Vita Chest, mm. uh, we have some terms in here. Sure. Uh, terms that are related to your career, your life, anything. Okay. Now, I always give the example, like if you there was a term in here, say if you play basketball, it might be pivot, right? All right. We know pivot is literally a movement. Mm-hmm. But then also, like you made a correlation and saying how we pivot in life. Absolutely. So we got the feels. Sure. You ready to do the deal? So how many are we picking out? Usually we do three, but we can do one. We'll see how you flow. You tell me how you feel. You feel like you want to water something? Let's do three. All right. I want all my vitamin D. Yes! (laughs) You heard it. You heard it. Okay. One. So. Pick one at a time? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I read it, then I... You got to say it out loud. Then you take a minute, and then you tell us what it is. What it means? What it means. What it means to me. Both. Okay. We the culture. <laughs> That's kind of perfect. Uh, for me, what that means is that, you know, so, so for so long, we as black folks in this country have been made to feel like we are less than. But the truth of the matter is we are we are the alpha and the omega. We are so incredibly dynamic and powerful and capable. We have built this country. You know what I'm saying? We are overwhelmingly intelligent, overwhelmingly just just talented. We the culture. We are the culture. We set the tone. We set the we set the tones beyond just trends. You know what I mean? Mm, I like that. Being all and inclusive. And shout out to, yeah, shout out to We the Culture. Shout out to Michelle over there at Meta. You know what I mean? It has a dynamic program. We the culture. I know I was checking out your bomb video. You were like, ah, I know I work out a lot. But what do I do when I relax? Let me show you some of my life. Here he is on a boat. Mm-hmm. He up here working out, mm-hmm. doing all the great things that shows just a, a balanced life. And yes. I was like, come on, Brian. Yes. I know I'm not a stalker. I, I had to do my research. It's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I give it away. <laughs> I, I heard the hell out of Salt and pepper ketchup, pick it up. <laughs> all right. Vision. Mm. Mariah Carey, vision of love. Um, the, the vision that, you know, God has blessed you with, everyone is not going to see. And I think that's why it's, 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 it's so important for you to stay rooted in your respective faith, your respective walk, and to be grounded in knowing that we're spiritual beings first. And to deeply, deeply in your own unique way, whether it's meditation, yoga, chanting, praying, whatever, to align with that so that you can have clear vision and you're not expected for someone else to see it. Because sometimes we get frustrated when we're going for our dreams because... You don't get it. You don't get it. The vision was given to you, honey boo. It wasn't given to your mans and them. You know what I mean? They're, the, what's the vision and mission for their life is completely different. So stay connected so your vision can be clear. Catch it. And the greater the one. vision, the greater the reward. Last one. Last one. Shake it, shake it. <clears throat> Ready? Like a salt shake. Coachella. We got to do a different okay, one. We already yeah, we we talk, talking about Coachella. All right. Bonus round. So these were made specifically for me. Yes. Okay. Manifestation. Very similar. You know what I mean? Like, as, as I mentioned earlier, you know, just be patient with yourself during the process and just give all your energy toward what it is and realize that you have to be it. You have to be it. Act as if you are. And if you are religious, be what it. do they say? Faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, you do not you, you, you do not catch somebody saying they want an apple tree and planting the seed of a peach. Exactly. 
Nor do you find somebody planting the seed and catching the next day to see if it's there. That part. You're trusting the process. And that's and that's a ooh, that's a great point about manifestation. I was always, like I said a few minutes ago, I'm in a season of harvest. Amen. But it took for me to be patient to just know that the seeds have been planted. And I was so impatient, so overwhelmingly impatient. And to the point, again, I'm getting frustrated and beating myself up. Why you ain't this and why you ain't that and why this and why that? But you don't, you don't get anywhere by being unkind to yourself. You just be grumpy. Right. <laughs> just mad. Yeah. Anybody got time for that? Yeah. Man- manifest lightly. Mm. Lightly. Set it and forget it. Just keep right. working toward it, but set it and forget it. Catch it. Yeah. All right. So, um, we're closing out. Oh, I'm fed. Man, this was great. I appreciate you having Man. So, um, is there anything you want to tell the people about any future projects, personal, professional, that you want people to be aware of? What should we look out? Are you always going to be a DJ? Do you do you have a vision to evolve to something else? Or is there another venture you want to go after? Absolutely. I'm in, I'm in the process. You know, I, I, my musical interests are, are, are great, you know. I'd love to do music supervision for film and television and video games at a certain point. I would love to score a film. I would love to produce, you know what I mean, to really get in my producer bag and create music from this musical vision that I've had for a long time. And so I believe those are some of the next steps that you'll see in addition to DJ. Come on. Yeah. And if people want to check out your blog party, where can, we, where we can find the information? At B-H-E-N block party, at B-H-E-N block party on all social and you can follow me on social at it's ITS Brian B R I N Henry at all on all the all the social medias. All of it. And you gotta remember when you go up and you go check out the block party, you ain't even gotta worry about somebody trying to flex, doing too much. It always a special section for somebody else because mm-hmm. guess what? We all VIP. We all VIP. I love it. Ain't no VIP because we all VIP. Right. That's it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate thank you. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate you for listening. I know we got all in my business. Listen, I know you done learned some more stuff about doing. No, I didn't even know what I was going to say. Mind you, but you know, we got to be who we say we want to be. And I understand what, you know, what's next. So with that being said, would you like to uh, sit in the seat? Would you like to talk to me? Well, I want you to email me. Shoot me an email over at vitamin D at dawndayspeaks.com because I'd love to talk to you or perhaps you may have an idea about the show I want to hear from you as well and you know I do my vitamin D advice letters now you know I'm going to keep it real with you because I love you and what do I say if you want to be better and you want to do better you have to be able to see better so if it's about that relationship that job your feelings whatever I want to talk to you so hit me up also make sure you uh, subscribe because if you've been listening to this long you enjoyed something you know I'm here for my dreams and you know how much I put on the line for it vitamin D gonna be 10 years next year in 2023 so um, if you liked it tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody else that Dawn Day got a podcast it's called vitamin D with Dawn Day and it's wherever you get your favorite podcast okay and, and go ahead and rate it you'll see them stars up there go put something and tell somebody tell them how dope it is okay alright Um. also you want to see what we're doing in the studio? All this screaming. And I know I'm so dramatic. I can't help it. But if you want to see what we're doing, you know, we're on social media everywhere. At Vitamin D Dawn Day. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok. Oh, fan base. Everywhere. Catch it. We're here. And we outside for you. And, and if you want some personal vitamin D, you know the source. <laughs> you can follow me at Dawn Day Speaks. I love to hear from you. Um, so thank you I really appreciate you believing in my dreams and supporting me 
and being with me on this journey. I promise you, I ain't gonna let you down. All right, okay, so I'm gonna get out of here. You know what I say. I'm in the business of making dreams come true. And I damn sure ain't gonna forget about mine. So until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley and I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have, hardwired, inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcasts.